0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Over Under Movies, uh, where we pick one overrated and one underrated film within the same style uh, or tone or genre. And uh, this is Octe Ege Kozak. I'm Eric McClanahan, and I'm Ryan Oliver. Yeah, and uh, this episode we actually have some in, you know really interesting, exciting news for you guys. So uh, I'm gonna let uh Eric McClanahan kinda take over from here because he knows uh the most about this these new developments uh, <laughs> out, to, out of any way to of sell us. it. Yeah, way to yeah. sell it, man. It's
1: very interesting, and it
0: is very it's very exciting. It's, actually, it's man. exciting. Yeah, yeah it's exciting. I'm, I'm kind of underselling it. I'm kind of doing like the. I'm kind of doing <laughs> the, the. I'm kind of doing the Ben Carson thing here. i'm just like it's really <laughs> exciting. It's uh, you know. And Fair, just, yeah, and you that's, sound that's, like you're falling that's, asleep. That's for you, political junkies out there. That that wasn't a movie reference. But yeah, Eric, take take it away. It's a hold on, hold on. Let, let me do that. Like, uh, we have an exciting new. Um, I don't know why I can't do it organically. That's so weird. But anyway, it, this is really cool stuff. This really interesting exciting stuff and uh, yeah Uh, Eric why don't you explain to us what's going on yeah, now I believe the excitement octave. There you Um go. Well, yeah, just just a uh, uh, recently on my
1: uh, other film podcast that I do adjust your tracking, which is sort of a sister, you know, cousin show. I like to think uh, to, to this show um, that we we've joined on that podcast. Uh, we we've joined the playlist, which is a, a movie blog on IndieWire. It's a part of IndieWire's blog network, and uh, we've been posting. We posted our latest episode of Adjust Your Tracking on the playlist itunes feed and it's gonna live there now and now i can say the same thing for this podcast over under movies so we will have a new home and we'll be posting these episodes first to the playlist itunes feed and uh, we will make sure um, to, you know, help uh, all of, you know, make sure all of our subscribers and everybody that's that's been following us so far on the show, you know, make sure you know that we uh, we will be there first and foremost if you want to get the podcast, but also that the show's pretty much going to stay the same, you know? Uh, oh, yeah. That's, that's the same thing we said about AYT, and it applies here. Um, so it's really just a chance for us to get um, some more attention on the show and kind of move up to the big leagues, as we said on AYT. So, you know, welcome to the big leagues, guys, and let's, let's just make the most out of it and just keep doing what we're doing is what I say Yeah, hell yeah. Woo! Yay! So, yeah, so that's that's the, that's the news. We're on the playlist now. You will find us on that iTunes feed. This, this feed, the Over Under Movies uh, one, will continue, the iTunes feed, but you will get the episodes later, so note that, and then at some point it might just, you know, dissolve might entirely. might just go but...
0: into uh, only the playlist, but we'll have the links to uh, uh, everywhere on our, on our Podomatic and uh, Facebook and iTunes pages and everywhere to to the, uh, the playlist uh, feed so that uh, everyone can start following that uh, gradually and um <clears throat> and down the line yeah we'll have episodes earlier on uh first on the on the playlist and uh we'll we'll move on from there but but otherwise yeah the the, the show's gonna stay the same and uh, we're really excited about being part of the playlist that's for sure and uh, yeah ryan ryan sounds really excited by the way no, <laughs> I, think, I think he might have passed out
2: <laughs> no i i could not be more excited uh i i love doing this podcast with you guys and I'm, I'm happy that we're on uh a great site um and i'm just really excited for this next step in our podcast
1: yeah Ooh, well and like we said nothing's gonna change so why don't we just get uh right into it then huh
0: yeah it, let's uh, do it yeah let's do it so uh yeah our picks for this week are uh they come from ryan and, uh, they're kind of, uh, in, in the R rated, gritty, uh, comic book movie variety. I guess, uh, the idea was coming off the heels of Deadpool success to dig into, uh, a couple of, uh, R rated, uh, bloody, uh, comic book adaptations. Uh, so his picks are, uh, Dread for, uh, Underrated. Not the 1995 um Sylvester Stallone dread uh, but the, uh <laughs> no uh, sir but the no 2000 here uh, yeah the 2012 gritty r um uh dread and uh, his overrated pick is uh uh, the 2009 adaptation of Watchmen uh, may be the most celebrated uh, graphic novel of all time. Uh, so we're going to dig into that. Um, let's start off uh, kind of with Watchmen, uh, Ryan. Why did you think Watchmen was overrated? I think Watchmen
2: is a very—it's a very specific overrated because if you look, it's—it's it's got a. I mean, it's got an okay critical reception. I think it's got like a high fifties Metacritic and like a sixty five percent Rotten Tomato score. It it made like one hundred sixteen million domestically on a budget of one hundred thirty million. So I guess it wasn't totally a success, but but it's it's sort of a personal overrated for me because I I I don't subscribe to. Fanboy culture, because I think that that is sort of destroying the the nuance of film discussion, especially because we get so many comic book movies out and they're they're dominating the marketplace, and people you know people like talking about them, and, and I'm glad that people are just talking about movies, but but they get they get so bitterly angry or so overwhelmingly loving of a movie that it's like where, where's the middle ground, and <laughs> and so like my counter argument to that is Watchmen, a movie that I am in the middle of, but. But it, it, its existence is almost overrated in and of itself to me because it, it is the most celebrated graphic novel of all time, and it's certainly the best graphic novel that that I've ever read. I abs- I absolutely love this book. It's it's one of my favorite pieces of of fiction, and, and I'm not saying it's you know should be regarded as some literary you know I guess classic like Moby Dick or something like that. But it's a great it's a great book, and it's a great story. Uh, and timeless, incredibly timeless. And so, mm. this movie version comes out in 2009, and I'm super pumped for it, as pumped as you can possibly be. And I don't think it's a bad movie, but I think there are two fatal flaws in this movie, um, despite the fact that there's a lot of good stuff in it. But I think there's two things at its center that make it wobble for me. Uh, and I think one of them, one of them, I felt this way the entire time since the movie came out. Is And it's also a strength of the movie, which is unfortunate. Uh, visually, this movie is stunning. Mm. It looks like Dave Gibbons' art just leapt from the page onto the screen, uh, which I, I think Zack Snyder took the same approach that he did with 300 and used the graphic novel as actual storyboards. Right. Um
1: Except here, he built real sets. Was the real emphasis, as opposed to 300 was like that green screen, you know? Yeah, it was digital. on the heels
0: of like Sin City, where it's just like every all the entire backgrounds are like CG. Right, and exactly. there's there's a lot and more like practical approach here. Exactly, and that's that's also
2: key. in that this movie is seven years old, and and like that seems like such a short time ago. But technology is moving so fast that some of these spectral, special effects driven films don't age as well, even in a short amount of time. This movie still holds up visually. I thought it was incredible looking, um, and I and because like three hundred doesn't. I had to rewatch that movie <laughs> when I reviewed the sequel, prequel, side quest, whatever three hundred: Rise side of Empire quest. was. Uh, <laughs> it, it's kind of what that movie was, but that's neither here nor there. And, and that movie doesn't hold up, and Watchmen visually does. Mm. Um, it's absolutely stunning, but I also feel that Snyder he replicated the visual style so well and and transcribed it so well. Like, he's a really good transcriber. He he yep. made it visually appealing and visually well done and stunning. But I feel like in staying so true to the source material, there wasn't any room to do anything else with it. And And maybe that's all, if you're a fan of the book, maybe that's just all you wanted. But I guess I... I guess I wanted somebody to take more creative liberties with it. I wanted, like you know, like Christopher Nolan does with the, like what he did with the Batman movies. Like, beyond the changing
0: thinking. of the ending,
2: right? Which I actually am okay <clears throat> with the changing of the ending in the uh, in the movie, but and we can get to that. But like Nolan will take elements of different Batman stories and you know tell his own story his own spin on that and like Watchmen's a very dense book and it's like this movie just kind of skims the surface of that it like it it, it gets the the message across and it and it does it visually well but there's just something ultimately kind of hollow about it that that's it left me feeling kind of conflicted about it uh, even though there's a lot to appreciate here and the other fatal flaw, and and I know I've talked a lot, and I'll I'll just s- say fine. this one more, and I'll pass it on to you guys because I want to know what you think of the movie. But I do feel that the story, this story about putting our heroes under a microscope, you know, who watches the Watchmen, the the sort of underarching, you know, underlying theme of this story, who who watches the people in charge. This and keeping an eye on what these people are capable of, like what are they're capable of in terms of like violence and how they approach that. I feel like the violence in this movie needed to be, it needed to be more raw. It needed to be more like gritty. It needed to be more upsetting and i feel like the movie's it's too polished yeah. and too overly stylized it, it has
0: that zack Snyder cool it's it's like, got that it's, yeah, it's got yeah, the slow, the slow motion like, stunts you, and wire effects and right which yeah. which are
2: impressive
0: no doubt but if you
2: played all the sequences that were in slow motion at normal speed, I guarantee you'd shed like 10, 15 minutes. was <laughs> <of this,
0: it's laughs> possible. Uh,
2: and so to me, even though there are good things, and I, I want to get in all that too, because they're, they're very you know, specific details, but I, I just think that this is uh, in, not an unsuccessful adaptation of a great book, but in, uh, an underwhelming one. And so I, I, cool. I'll turn it to you guys. I w- I'd like to cool. know what you think.
0: So, so Eric, do you want to shit on it first before my rebuttal?
1: Well, um, it's funny you, like it's it's funny you say that. Like we did Natural
0: Born Killers, I guess.
1: <laughs> it's funny you bring both of those up. I was going to reference, I thought of our Natural Born Killers episode, which is actually number 39 of this podcast. I thought of that when I was watching Watchmen, except that here I had a much different uh, experience rewatching this overrated movie that we chose, uh, because I kind of liked Watchmen, my second viewing, and I, I was... I. Still, even having enjoyed it more than I did the first time I saw it when it came out in 2009, I still agree with a lot of what Ryan said, and um, to to maybe just fulfill that prophecy that Octay laid in front of me, I will just focus on the violence that Ryan got into, and that to me is one of the, still, even though I enjoyed this movie, and in some ways, I must admit, I, I kind of enjoy the comic, the the pure R-rated comic book violence, like, when it happens, it's sort of so over-the-top and grotesque that it, it's like, I'm kind of impressed by it visually, but yet it's so, it's all wrong for this story. Like, the the comic book is violent, so it's not that it's wrong in that sense. Like, it's a violent story. Alan Moore and Dave Gibbons' illustrations, they're, they're bloody, they're violent. It is a hard R comic, no doubt. Um, but the movie is trying to... Pay, it's trying to be slavishly devoted to the look of the comic book, right? And we got and Ryan has pointed that out. Like he's he transcribes. That's kind of what Zack Snyder does and sort of does well. But it it in paying so much um, respect to the look of it, the the chances where Snyder actually and his crew tried to actually adapt it to become a movie and to change it to become a movie. Some of it's clever, like the way they do change the ending, there's a big element that's missing from the comic book that's really memorable, but the way they solve the issue to achieve the same ends is really clever, and that to me is good adaptation. What's not good adaptation is, oh, we're making another comic book movie, so even though in the comic the original source... Where the fighting isn't that elaborate, and you never got the sense that many people fought very, you know, swiftly mm-hmm. or like kung fu style. Well, Zack Snyder has to make it like to fit in a modern day comic book movie exactly. realm. That's so they have to fight go. like it's mm-hmm. yeah they have to fight like it's the Matrix, and it's like I don't remember when I read. I, Maybe I'm wrong. It's been a while since I've read uh, the book, The Watchmen. But I don't remember Rorschach being able to do, like, kung fu ninja kicks and stuff not like that. Not really.
0: There's one, yeah. Whenever there's a fight scene, uh, as far as I remember, in a graphic novel, it's not... You know, like that, that alleyway uh, fight scene with uh, Silk Spectre hey, and the wait, Night, hey, night Owl. It was like two panels or something, and they just, like, basically just quickly beat up the 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 robbers and in here it's just like this super violent like heads get spun around and bones uh, break up bones of the skin. break and you know yeah. it's just like it's just like uber violent and there's also some strange
2: like almost Batman and Robin level sound design to some of those fight sequences like yeah. the slaps and the like especially when uh, the person breaks into the comedian's apartment at the very beginning of the movie and that like fight scene is yep. choreographed like really clunky like they're stood and just like I don't know they're moving like like a G.I. Joe action figure like their arms could only go like one way or the other and the slaps sound cartoonish and I think at one point uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan as the comedian says like as he's like does a knife and I was like <laughs> what movie am I in and it's like it's just started too <laughs> it, it's uh yeah it's just weird how that like you know the dark gritty material is juxtaposed with some silly moments, and there's even sillier moments than than that one. But um, but yeah, Octay let's. I want to hear. I want to hear your take.
0: All right. Well, uh, uh, Eric kind of went into uh, the my my what was going to be my rebuttal about like how kind of um, extended and uh more over stylized the violences in this movie than the uh compared to the graphic novel and that's 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 kind of like the one that's the zack snyder effect you kind of you know going into watching uh the movie I kind of expected him to kind of embellish on those scenes uh some of them work uh the one that I think really works well is the uh the opening fight with uh the comedian because uh because of the fact that you know in the graphic novel it's it's as like uh, violent and uh, disturbing, uh, and he gets a lot of those like panels really well. And one of the things that he does really well is that, like you said, Ryan, is like he's a um, he's a really good copy-paster in that sense. He's a good he's uh, I wouldn't call him like he's a good adapter. Like he adapts like. Uh, it's like other intellectual property or like comic books really well It's it kind of goes beyond adap- adapting it goes from like Okay, I'm going to use the panels of storyboards And I'm going to get those like exact same you know the lines and the story and the uh, The the frames and everything is is pretty much like verbatim. It's like you're watching a um, Like a mo like one of those motion comics like every once in a while like they'll have these like these uh, semi-animated motion comics where like the the pieces kind of move around a little bit, and they did one for Watchmen as well. I think the 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 Ultimate Cut Giant. Box set or whatever comes with the motion comic on a, on a Blu-ray. I saw that
2: at a video store, and I kind of chuckled when I saw that they released uh, They're like, "Watch them in the complete motion comic," and I just watched by. I was like, "Isn't like, that yeah, the movies. movie?" Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> it's just like presented, pretty, pretty presented much. Presented I mean, the, the ultimate show. cut uh, also puts in the the animated segments of the uh, the pirate comic uh, in, that, in the graphic it. novel. So that pretty much like completes pretty much all of it. I mean, the motion comic, I guess. It's like it's verbatim, so it sticks to the original landing and has a couple of like additional stuff. But in 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 this case, I felt like uh, when I went in to see Watchmen, I was really satisfied because, um, and I was kind of surprised too, because there's there's so much stuff in Watchmen that I feel like, oh, this is too brutal, or this is too like uh, politically subversive, uh, this is too violent, this is too like abstract, like they'll never do this, like the uh, um, I I reread it like a couple months before the movie came out, and just was reminded of like how amazing that whole uh, segment on Mars is, where um, it's good, where like you know it's like you know True Detective time is a flat circle. It's basically one of those like uh, he's he's on Mars, but he exists in the past and the future and the presence and he's just kind of like it's like a, a mini adaptation of Slaughterhouse-Five which is you know as you guys know it's a movie that I love uh, mm. it's, it's my favorite book of all time uh, so it's just like I, I love that aspect of it I love that whole like time as a circle type stuff and the, the way that he but then you know reading it at the time right before the movie came out I was like there's no way they're gonna have any of this stuff they're, they're probably gonna have like Dr. Manhattan <coughs> you know escape to Mars and then you know they're gonna have the conversation with silk specter and then they're going to have a couple of shots of his like origin story or something but it's like i was so um kind of pleasantly surprised that you know even that stuff is like all kept in there as as kind of uh visceral and um uh kind of like intellectually stimulating and abstract that as as it can get like i just love all that stuff and i just love that um that 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 whole um you know of going back to your going to uh, to your first point, Ryan, um, about like you know there wasn't much innovation, there wasn't much creativity. Uh, first of all, you don't really I don't. When it comes to Zack Snyder, you don't want him to kind of write his own <laughs> stuff. Uh, so I don't know if you know there was a there was a time when uh, I guess as far as I can remember, I guess Terry Gilliam was on the line to direct it. Yes. Now then, I, point, then yeah. I would be like then maybe if I watched that movie and it turned out to be like. A direct, as direct of an adaptation as the the Zack Snyder version is, then maybe I would be disappointed. I would be like, oh, you know, Terry Gilliam could have done so much more with this. But Zack Snyder, we know what happens when he writes stuff or when he adds his own... Uh, Input you get something like Sucker Punch,
2: which is my number one worst movie of this decade. Yeah, like I so, don't keep tabs, <laughs> but it is like far and away the most so, unpleasant. I don't. Experience. I don't
0: mind that. It's, it's it's almost like Zack Snyder, like the the Alan Moore writing and the story. It's kind of like below your pay grade. Like just uh, kind of you know maybe just transfer this thing using your like his your talent as a visual filmmaker as a visual, like a great visual carbon copy, like copy paster, and just like don't really, like, maybe not, don't try to add too much stuff, and then the the stuff that he adds, visually at least, not maybe on the story side, the visual stuff that he adds, a lot of it is the stuff that you're kind of um, criticizing, Ryan, is that, you know, yeah, he he the action scenes, the fight scenes that only take place, like, maybe two or three panels in the graphic novel are just like way over the top, and uh, crazy, which uh, I agree with Eric on that side, which is that you know, without that stuff, it's already like making it such a direct adaptation of Watchmen. It already takes so much balls, especially for like a hundred and thirty million dollar movie, uh, that it's like you have to compromise a little bit. So watching those scenes, I'm just like, yeah, I still love this movie. Yeah, you can have that. You know, like it's, it's. I'm totally fine with it because it's like it could have gone mm. in so many. Horrible, terrible directions with this adaptation. They could have like chopped out a bunch of stuff, and uh, you know they also added like they the watching uh, like reading the book right before the movie came out. I was like, there's no way they're gonna have the um, the scene with the therapist with with Rorschach. Right, Wait, the, right, the backstory, His origin, yeah. that that stuff is like that's like frame it's by so frame. Good. That stuff is all in the movie. It's insane that they got away with that. <laughs> okay, oh, I, is, think, I-, I think this viewpoint. Uh, sorry, Ryan, real quick. It's just interesting
1: because, um, like, I think Octave's viewpoint, and that's the one I find to be the common thread in the in fans of the Watchmen movie like from the beginning the ones that really took to it and the ones that they that did i think were raving about this film then and they they probably still do now and that's the reason i think also that you could argue this might as an overrated pick because you you're, you're that viewpoint is like you're sort of forgiving him, acknowledging you're acknowledging flaws in the movie, which is totally fine. We all do that with things we like, but yet you're forgiving it because this is a sort of the fanboy culture that I think Ryan was touching on. It was like, you got like this is the movie that they wanted. They got this yeah, one exactly. And Snyder, in a way, an odd way, not even an odd way. Snyder was the right guy to make this version of Watchmen. This to make version. the version exactly exactly to make the yeah. one that would make the fanboys. The a lot of the diehard comic book yeah. movie fans, but the also fans of the Watchers. Exactly, sure. they would make it happy, but yet I loved the book, like Ryan, too, yet I also still have problems with the movie, and it's because of the odd things that he – yeah, I guess he did have to make certain concessions, but then why did he – maybe it was just a series of trade-offs to get this movie made. I mean, from what I remember, it was – this was essentially the carte blanche that Zack Snyder got to make this was because 300 was Mm -hmm. such a wildly – Beyond yeah. they could have ever imagined successful hit. So he got to do this the version that like he wanted, which is like keep it to its roots. It's set in an alternate 1985, which I'm glad that I am glad that, that happened that exists, that this version of Watchmen exists. However, it is a flawed movie, and I think there are even more things to bring up and uh in terms of flaws, but it's an interesting culture we're in in fanboy culture. And Octay, I'm not trying to lump you in that. I just find you're your feelings are similar to what I remember from a lot of people who are positive on this movie. Well, so. it's
2: fascinating too that if the you know that fanboys sort of like latched onto this movie, and in terms of fanboy culture, Snyder is most recently made probably the most polarizing movie to these right. you know so called fanboys uh, with Man of Steel. Like I don't know anybody like except myself and maybe, maybe all three of us who are like kind of middle ground on that movie like i know people who either love that movie or they're like it's the worst thing i've ever seen (laughs) in fact i think it was even i think i saw a tweet from I think it was Scott Weinberg, who's, like, around that time, he's like, if Man <laughs> of Steel, Iron Man 3, and Star Trek Into Darkness are the worst movies you saw this year, then you don't watch enough movies. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, exactly. It's like, these movies are, like, they're fine entertainment, but, like, why, like, there's no, there shouldn't be, like, a love-hate stigma for them. I mean, I guess you're allowed to feel what you want to feel. Yeah. But it just, it, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. And, like,
0: yeah, and watch, you're, you're allowed to feel what you want to feel, but at the same time, it's like, are you... That passionate about it because you belong you want to belong in this like kind of like fanboy discussion or are you are you really that fast passionate about it? do you really think it's like the worst movie ever made. Like, right, I
2: exactly. Exactly doubt that. Like, like, Drew McLooney has this amazing article on HitFix. He wrote uh, recently about the Phantom, about, yes. like, you know, fans throwing a fit. And, uh, you know, he he did it with the 1989 Tim Burton Batman movie. And he, he talks about how he quit Ain't It Cool News. He's like, because there's more to movies than arguing about people in spandex. And, that, mm-hmm. and, that, and it's true. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, you know, I've come to accept, like, I enjoy comic books. And, like, comic book movies can be done very well, and they can be enjoyed as entertainment, but it's like, but let's not pretend there aren't other movies out there, you know, let, let's not let these be the only movies that we watch and discuss, and so, I, I, and I guess I don't quite know where I'm going with that, but, yeah, like, but, but guess
0: uh, and also, may, much- maybe have a little bit of nuance, maybe not have it be like, oh, it's the worst thing ever, or it's the or best the thing best ever thing. Exactly. or if even if you think, like, it's the best thing, like, it got your fanboy uh, like pre-qualifications like exactly right and it hit every single note like exactly right and you get this like jolt out of it because you're a fanboy because you know the material and it's now it's like right in front of you in motion with these amazing effects and sound and all that stuff and then maybe coming out of it not be like it's the greatest thing ever and if you don't agree with me you're a piece of shit you know it's just like maybe just be like maybe that was the best movie for you as a fan of that material Mm -hmm. but you have to also understand that like maybe people who are not as big of fans or maybe people who are fans who are just like yeah i expected something different like there's a there's a bit of like just just you know like people kind of toning it down a little bit and um being like having a little bit of nuance in that uh in that respect right
1: Well, and there's a whole, um, you know, maybe a subculture of people that saw this Watchmen movie and that hate it because it doesn't include, I mean, it's probably okay to say, right, that the The giant squid. Yeah, there's no giant giant squid. squid, Remember the the Hitler meme that goes around from downfall that, you know, everybody uses for whatever they're angry about that week? There was one for the Watchmen. Like, how dare you make a Watchmen movie without, Without you know, the giant squid? But. I thought that was a funny meme and I forgot about it like we do with all those things the next day, but it's like actually that's not why I had issues with Watchmen. That was the thing, the one part of adaptation from the screenwriters to the way it was executed where they actually solved a problem, a story problem. Like, how are you going to get to this ending where this explosion goes off, yet it still is going to tie all the characters together in a way that will actually make a sort of sense. I get why they would want to go away from the bizarreness of that giant squid. Because yeah,
2: they already, Octa already kind of mentioned, yeah. Like, they're the, you know, we do have to commend this movie. Like, I mean, you know, it, it's one one of those, like, where's your expectation level? Because it's like, you know, yeah, this is probably the best movie that Zack Snyder could have made. Like, no doubt about that. Someone right. else could have made a better movie, but but the fact that some of the it does do some of the stuff that it does, but even the giant squid is one thing that I think even, even more savvy people who hadn't read the book who could be following what was going on, if that yeah. happened, they'd be like,
1: what the fuck just it would also It would also require that whole massive subplot that is completely eliminated in the movie version of the artist being Kidnapped, you know. There's that whole, yeah, yeah. and that's so that's the whole good. Up to the giant split oh, is
0: like it's pretty much gone,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and exactly, and, and it makes <laughs> yeah. complete sense in the context of the movie. Yeah, right. What they changed it to, and yet you got to credit the screenwriters, uh, one right. of them being David Hayter, actually the voice of Snake in the Metal Gear Solid games. Really, right. that's, <laughs> that's such
0: yeah, a yeah, weird yeah. connection. It's I a had weird no idea, uh, but,
2: <laughs> but but I guess you know I've been you know I've said some negatives. There are you know good things about this. Like I said, I don't dislike this movie as a whole i think i think most of the casting in this movie is pretty spot on uh, yeah, yeah, because because it was got to because it got to be made on the scale that it did and got the budget that it did you know he didn't have a lot of money to probably afford you know brad pitt or somebody to be in this movie and nor would we really want him but you know they, they couldn't hire a name actor so like they had to go with you know some great character actors um i think especially billy up and um and uh, Jackie Earl Haley. Oh, yeah. are So good.
1: So good in this movie. I would put Patrick Wilson, and who's the actor that plays the comedian? The guy from. Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Yes. Jeffrey Dean Morgan.
2: Really and Patrick Wilson is. It, this is nitpicky. Patrick Wilson's great. I, I really like him as an actor. Mm. They needed to cut the line out because, you know, they. he tra- Again, Zack Snyder transcribing. He kept a lot yep. of lines in. He, yep. uh, you know. I know the one. You know the one who's like. Uh, as you say, I, I have it written down here. Uh, it's like a flabby <laughs> failure that sits wallowing in his basement. And because like, in the book, he is Night Owl 2.
0: Yeah, he's and, like a middle aged, like kind he's of flabby guy, kind of
2: gone to Pudge, you know, retired. It's like Patrick Wilson's a pretty fit guy. Like, yeah. he's, <laughs> you know, I don't care about looks because you know, you should cast for the best
0: performance, but, and but, but again, like, some of those, yeah. Sorry, I cut you off. Each... No, it's all good, and, oh, and, sorry.
2: And, yeah basically just saying he gives a good performance but then it's like then why did you keep a line that's pretty much makes no sense in the <laughs> context of the movie because you're dealing with somebody who's like a pretty fit i
0: think i think i think that goes back to like some of the minimal compromises that they had to have in order to bring this like really dense violent like incredibly politically subversive uh and it just uh, material that goes into like quantum physics at times <laughs> and turns into like an incredibly violent kind of taxi driver vigilante story mm-hmm. in the middle of it and it's just it's kind of like that whole stuff is all over the place but like all of the elements are just like really risky for especially like for a giant budget hollywood movie like this so i, I kind of understand like those compromises of uh, you know uh of like studio head saying like okay you get carte blanche because you 300 was a big hit but you know we we can't have uh like paul giamatti playing uh <laughs> that the Night would Owl. be fascinating that would have been awesome for me like i would have been <laughs> fine with that but just like all, the, all that stuff that i kind of criticized the movie for it's just like you know the maybe the, the cast is maybe a little bit too um uh attractive for their counterparts i guess like the attractiveness fits the both suspectors which I think Carla Gugino is really good in this as well. Um,
2: Even though she's only seven years
0: older than Malina yeah, Ackerman is it's playing it's her mom. That, that <laughs> and her happens. makeup is not doing her any favors, nor
1: is the yeah, makeup the, doing the, the anybody. Makeup in favors this movie. The movie, movie is not
0: great, oh. especially like oh. aging makeup, like the makeup on Richard Nixon. Yeah, that's uh, embarrassing. Is, one yeah. of the reasons I kind of, like, I don't, I'm not the reason, like, I don't prefer the theatrical version of the director's cut, but uh, some of the crazy-inducing moments in the director's cut come from, like, the extended scenes with Nixon. Uh, yeah. Some of the makeup stuff, like, even with the, the at the beginning with the old comedian, it's just, um, it's not, it doesn't hold up really well. Uh, so there, there are those little, like, technical issues like that, but mostly... Um, he apparently
2: cast young and i'm sorry i do not want to interrupt but apparently he cast younger even though they were going to be playing older people because of all the flashback he's like well they're primarily in flashbacks primary yeah and and, then so he's like in that case that's understandable
0: yeah Uh, a lot of movies do that but i just didn't think the makeup was like up to snuff there uh Uh, a little bit too cartoonish uh but the uh but going back to the the our notes about like the how more exaggerated the action scenes are and some of them really work and some of them don't uh, the shootout in the hallway uh, with the guy from the elevator is great mm-hmm. because it's basically like panel by panel so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm right. perfectly fine with that but uh, that that stuff I don't think that stuff is like really Zack Snyder compromising because we know that Zack Snyder loves the the cool he's like the more um I guess restrained, uh and more uh, uh like michael bay with a higher i q in that sense <laughs> like he, he 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 takes joy out of like these these cool violent like mm. the r rated version of like that flashy michael bay action um right uh really he really digs that he really gets into that so i don't i don't think those were compromises i think those were the uh the kind of stuff that he added that you were talking about ryan i think that's what he did like visually he mm. added a lot of like Kind of big budget Hollywood pizzazz to it, which I I totally forgive it because it has the it has all the stuff in the from the uh, graphic novel that I thought there was like no way in hell was gonna make it in there. Uh, so um, so yeah, that's that's why it's just, like I forgive a lot of like its glaring faults.
2: Totally, and I and it's interesting you brought up uh, Michael Bay because I actually wrote here in my notes that like. I don't want to be quick to call Zack Snyder a hack because that just seems mean because like as opposed to you're right he does have those like you know he does like to fetishize the action sequences the way that Michael Bay does but like unlike someone like Bay or Brett Ratner like Zack Snyder does genuinely care about the stuff he's putting out. Like, he genuinely, mm-hmm. you know, want. I think he genuinely wants to make good movies. Like, yeah. as opposed to Bay and Ratner, who are just kind of like, I, whatever shit I put out there, people are going to go see it. And yeah. Snyder, I think Snyder wants to make good movies. He's a passionate guy. I like, you know, hearing, you know, interviews with him. But, like, but I don't know if he... If he just has the ability to, like, it's it's right. the
1: unfortunate tragedy, <laughs> <laughs> right? As well, I a mean, filmmaker, <laughs> and that's that's where it's like when when you look at it, like, Watchmen is probably his best film next to the Dawn of the Dead remake. I mean, it, yeah. it, however, yeah. I however, would say, oh, sorry, I don't want to cut you off. I'm
2: sorry. Oh, go ahead, uh, go ahead. I think the first 90 minutes of Man of Steel is the it's best movie good. he's yeah. done. It's very, very good.
1: Like, And that's interesting because he did divert from a lot of the source material. Like, They used okay. pieces. They went the more Nolan route for that one, and it was a very divisive movie. Well, and that him. movie has
2: the same, um, if you boil it down to just screenplay plot beats, it, and, and since it was also written by David S. Gore, it's yeah. the same plot structure as Batman Begins. Right. Like, it's got right. the flashback mm-hmm. structure, and it's got, you know, the only difference is in where people get hung up on that movie myself to a degree not as much i've almost come r- i've come around more to defending that movie almost out of like yeah to not i'm like i don't want to be included with those people who like hate <laughs> the movie you know what i mean like i'm like i don't want to be involved with with that
0: but like well, well that means you know, that at least he's taking chances you know it might it not is. work it might be disastrous but like you know look at the movie that he made right after watchman it was like a pg rated animated owl movie Right, it was, oh, I, right. I, I, yeah, it was see- the Owls of G- Gahool or yeah, Legend of Guardians. It, it was, was fine. It was like a nice. It was like a. It was like a happy feet Disney kind of clone of, you know, maybe a little bit darker kind of fairy tale mood to it. Like I, forgot everything about it pretty much like day after I saw it, but it was bad. Mm. Uh, Sucker Punch is terrible, and the Sucker Punch was the one where like. Um, I feel like after Watchman came out and when people started complaining that, like, yeah, he did it like, you know, he just adapted it panel by panel, but there's no, like, cinematic influence in it, and that he didn't add anything of his own, of, a, like, a unique voice or a new material or stuff like that, and when people used to say that right after Watchman came out, I'd be like, yeah, I guess you're right, but, you know, I still enjoy it. And then after Sucker Punch came out, and knowing that he, like, co-wrote the script for that one. Uh, post post sucker punch when people come up with that criticism about Watchmen, I'm just like no, <laughs> yeah, no, that no, was I a great thing that. that he didn't add anything to the story. That was great that right. he didn't, like <laughs> he didn't fuck around with it. Uh, and you know? I, I would say the only thing he added was an
1: element that I most appreciated this time out, and um, it's it's the way that I actually think the biggest influence on the way he made Watchmen the movie was a movie from a few years earlier was Todd Haynes. Uh, Bob Dylan movie, I'm Not There, mm-hmm. because bo- because both those movies use other cinematic references visually throughout the entire, to tell their narrative, essentially. So, when in I'm Not There, there's a different actor playing Bob Dylan, it takes the look of a certain movie, and then when it's um, the Kate Blanchett version of Bob Dylan, it's like a Fellini movie, like Eight and a Half, it's referring yeah, yeah. to that kind of stuff. And then in this film, in Watchmen, I really came to appreciate how he as much as I appreciate it, there still are some that don't feel as good or maybe they're too on the nose. Like, for instance, there's the Apocalypse Now Ride of the Valkyries. Yeah, I wrote that in my notes. Yeah, it's too on the nose. However, I get what he's going for. He wants to remind you of these movies. So, Rorschach, his whole narrative does play like tr- he's Travis Bickle in this mm-hmm. world. And everything looks like that neon New York wasteland from the 70s. And then there are other elements where this movie, he makes the uh, kind of goon gangsters, the sort of, um, you know, just the, the the run-of-the-mill gangsters that are on the street in the mm-hmm. Watchmen world. Like, they look like they could be on the set of a Warriors sequel or mm-hmm. something like yeah. that. Like uh, t- um, So, like, The Graduate, he references it with movies uh, and music from these movies, like, um, you know, The Sounds of Silence. Like, there's a Graduate reference reference there's there's dr strangelove like the the war room is mm-hmm. mimicked you know i could go on and on there's a raging bull reference well, a, a lot of them come from I, the graphic novel as well
0: right uh, no you're absolutely directly. right you're and right. A, lot, a lot of the song choices actually uh are referenced i think every uh edition like every uh whatever of the it's like a six or seven uh, uh,
2: yeah, uh all on the watchtower yeah, uh, yeah and, and made, then there's you
0: know and yeah, then Each, each, uh, what do you, like, each edition has, uh, like, uh, not edition, I'm trying to think of the word here, but, you know, you know, the whole graphic novel is comprised of, like, six different, um, uh, releases, right, like, six different smaller comic books, and each one of them ends with a quote from, uh, like, most of it are Bob Dylan songs, so that's why there's a lot of Bob Dylan in the movie, um, I should say the opening
2: with... credits in this movie. Yeah, I, oh yeah. I, I the opening credits
1: are great. <laughs> like, I think they're so good. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's it's incredible
2: just speaking of Bob Dylan. Like that <laughs> it's it's one of the best opening credits to a movie that I I
1: ever I got to say. I got to say that's that's one of the moments where they created that for this movie. I mean, they are mm-hmm. images yeah. and they're telling they're telling subplots from the the graphic novel in that, but you don't know that. It's just the way it's montaged together and the way he He created that with the Times Are a Change in the Bob Dylan song. Like, that was really quite another. Sort of surprisingly innovative decision, right? And it, it condensed all the backstory. Oh, so like much
2: brilliance! You know, montage to a, a, an amazing song. Like it, it was, was a
1: sequence. It's like a it's yeah. like a cinematic sequence. And when he gets those moments in the movie, and it, and I think he hits it with the Rorschach jail sequence, the whole thing where Rorschach's in jail, and also the the Doctor Manhattan in Mars. Like he really did nail it. And these it's these moments where the movie can like be so similar you know really is just in these moments a moving version of the what we love about the comic book but yet he does find a way to merge it and make it work but yet there's still just yeah. as many sequences that don't work yet yeah, it's, but it's, i just had to pain. say yeah, i really exactly, appreciate it that that sorry i just had to appreciate that i really appreciate the the way he tried to apply the postmodern style of the original graphic novel, which was riffing on familiar characters and making their own, like Nightwing is a version of Batman, and so on and so forth. It's like I like that 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 he tried to do it that way with his movie, not always successfully, but I appreciated that much more this time.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's that's, that's the the stuff that works, in it works so well. Yeah, especially mm-hmm. as a fan of the uh, the graphic novel. I mean, I'm if you watch the movie not knowing anything about the graphic novel maybe you'll be kind of like half and half on it of like you know this stuff was really interesting this stuff was kind of boring this stuff was like you know just a little bit too over the top or whatever but comparing it with the graphic novel the stuff that they got from the graphic novel uh... that they did so well and it's so invigorating the the mars the whole mars section the opening credits, the Rorschach backstory. Uh, incidentally, a lot of the stuff that were in the in the the stuff that really works in the book really works in the movie. It's just like my favorite stuff in the book are when the plot just comes to a halt, and then you you find out like the backstory backstory of one of the characters, and nice. that's that's just that stuff is like so much fun to me. And the the stuff that they get get so right, um, works so well that I'm able to kind of completely ignore. Um, anything that doesn't really work a hundred percent in it.
2: Yeah, totally. I, but I think there, there are some bigger issues, I guess that prevents me from like, there's a couple, uh, one of which is just, I feel like even though like those sequences, like, you know, Eric, you mentioned the Rorschach one, I think the Dr. Manhattan sequence, like the Mars one, but also him describing how he got to be the way he was, uh, right. that whole sequence is really, really strong. But, I feel like you know because the novel's so dense, even though this movie is two hours and forty minutes long, it still does feel a little rushed like it feels like everything's a little condensed, mm-hmm. and that maybe definitely. maybe a mini series would have been the best approach yeah. uh for the story and I definitely you know i, I mm-hmm. wholeheartedly believe that because it's like some of the some of the character interactions you know don't hold as much weight, or they just, you know, they're not as well-developed, and so they come off as clunky, and, you know, I I hate to be that dick, but I gotta say, any scene that Malene Ackerman is in just really, (laughs) really drags the movie down for me. I'm sure she's a lovely person. I've just, I've never liked her as an actress except mm. for the adult swim show uh, children's hospitals. The only <laughs> thing that I've been able to stand her. And she's just, she's not a dramatically sound actress. And yeah, so I some lines that she has in this movie, like, you know, it's like licking your fingers. is like a battery. Oh my God, I am on Mars. It's just like, this yeah. it's really bad line readings. I, and I don't, you
0: know, I don't mind her normally. Uh, she's definitely a little bit out of her element here. Um, uh i can see where you're where you're coming from i think she's fine she's definitely the weakest weak link in the uh, uh I, she, in the I cast and, like, and,
2: uh, uh, just yeah. i can't do it it's any and and we also have to mention the the hallelujah the scene set to, uh, the, tone the worst to that, it's, it's
0: i think i think that's embarrassing
2: in the graphic novel too though It is, but it's really bad here because it's like, you you know, you talk about the things that are two panels long that that he stretches out to the action sequences, which, you know, are fine. You have to try and make this... Movie, you know, palatable to a wide audience. I understand that, but this scene is not one of the ones that you drag out in slow motion. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> true. Like, number one. Even though he's the originator of the song, it's not even the best version, even though, like, you know, there's <laughs> yeah, no, the no context there, yeah. If you're going to do that. And secondly, it's just, oh. uh, other than the the uh, pool scene in Showgirls, this is the worst sex scene that I've seen.
0: <laughs> Like, like, without a doubt, and it's just like it, and well, it's, well, the, it's, the pool scene in Shore Girls is incredibly entertaining, right? And this one's, but this one's because they look like they're just they're in a gladi- gladiatorial fight or something. Wait, like, right, like but this one in *Watchmen*, you other. just want to end. Yeah, yes, it's I, I, so I always bad. skip it when I uh, yeah. watch it's it. On, a, it's uh, a wise sorry.
2: decision because it's just like that's another one of those like again like Batman and Robin level like badness uh, that, well, like, yeah, as far as
0: from the 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 graphic novel, I was referring to like the gag about the the fire shooting out of. Yeah. night owls uh, ship it's yeah, at, it's at at funny climax, in the it, it's yeah. yeah and
1: it's and it's funnier in the comic because it's condensed and you get the point whereas zach snyder extends that moment mm-hmm. like ryan was saying and it like or we're all saying and it's like it it's ridiculous. It, it kills the joke. If there was the joke of even using Leonard Cohen, hallelujah, yeah. is like killed because it goes on too long. Yeah, even it's, if, it's, uh, even it's, if it times out at 20 seconds, which I yeah. think it's longer than that, but even if that's all it is, that feels like an eternity when yeah. you're watching them.
2: Totally. <laughs> that's true. And the other thing, too, is like, again, squeezing, squeezing nuance and making things look stylish. Like, there are scenes in this movie because of the style. Like, there are scenes that should be more harrowing and should be more upsetting right. than they appear. Like, especially, and I do think it's a great sequence. It's right out of the book. But, you know, they they go, they go to the comedian's funeral, and they do the the flashback from Night Owl's perspective, from Dr. Manhattan's perspective. Right. And they do the different ones. But it's like, in those flashbacks, he tries to rape Silk Spectre. Right. And he shoots a pregnant woman in the head, and... And, like, it goes by so fast. And it's like, in any other movie, I'm like, these, those, like, those are, like we need to stop for a second. Like you need to let those sink in because those are horrible,
0: horrible things that have just so, happened. Yeah, and the that's movie, true. And,
2: and it just kind of that's kind of glazed. But that, over. that's kind
0: of the time time restraint that they had as well. Uh, that, that's I, and that's what I mean. Like, I, I agree with the uh, with the miniseries idea. I agree that it does like kind of move on a little bit too fast. But at the same time time, you guys all have to agree that especially in two thousand nine, uh, like a miniseries of that scope, like a five six hour miniseries, was announced. Starter. Like exactly, that's true. Yeah. That and, true. and maybe today, time. maybe like if netflix just like plops down like a shitload of money to make like a six episode run of the Watchmen or something right. uh maybe today in this like kind of streaming like everything's out in the open right with these... like
2: daredevil and stuff yeah like that. Uh,
0: but but that even with, with those like daredevil jessica jones or whatever like w- something on the scope of Watchmen would be would have to be like five ten times more expensive i would guess
2: yeah, yeah. you might be right but uh but yeah, I, I get that they had the time constraint. Also, fun fact: the reason the movie was cut from the director's cut. The director's cut was, you know, they were actually fine releasing the cut, but it played on it played on IMAX screens, and those IMAX platters are not very big, and they can't right. hold more than. Oh, that was the reason. Yeah, like, yeah, so they cut it for for that uh, purpose alone. Maybe, maybe that's why that was every,
1: yeah. That was the same thing with the dark knight rises i believe is nolan had to he had a longer cut but then when he realized he had like x amount of space for to get it on mm-hmm. the imax platter he had to tighten it up i would love first, to see first. a director he doesn't do that no he just it made him make the movie shorter than he originally hmm. thought it was interesting because the watchman
0: watch thing every single uh, maybe that's because of that like technical imax thing that uh, every single as far as i know home video release of watchman has been the director's cut. I don't know if you can even get the theatrical cut on any like Blu ray or DVD anymore. The, I,
2: can used to, it. I used to own the Blu ray because I, I, you know, I bought it when it came out and I was like, I because I, I wanted to like it so much and I, I didn't end up and I think I traded it in at some point, but I redeemed the digital copy for it, which is how I watched it. Uh, in preparation for this episode and the digital copy is the theatrical cut mm-hmm. so as eric said you could stream it like that that one's available but i think yeah i think home video cut you can only get the director's cut i don't think you can get the theatrical
0: which i cut. think adds some interesting stuff i love the addition of the uh, you know i don't like the richard nixon stuff but the the addition of the scene where um the gang attacks the first night owl right and, uh, there's the, like these really clever cuts about like how he's Kind of going back in time into his days. Well, that's the Rachel he... bowl sequence they yeah, use. That, yeah, exactly.
2: That <laughs> yeah. And it does it does help the movie breathe a little better. Yeah. Like I'm not going to yeah. say it's successful it in- entirely, but uh, it's the same thing with the like recent director's cut of Straight Outta Compton, which is 20 minutes longer. Like it doesn't really oh, add nice. much to the movie, but it but it does let those moments that really work, which are a lot in that movie, breathe. And yeah. it's it's a better movie. It's a yeah. better movie because of the director's cut. And I I would say the same thing with Watchmen. Like. Yeah. The, and maybe
0: maybe one other idea at the time could have been to split it into two movies, like two two and a half hour movies, like Kill Bill. Mm-hmm. But um yeah, I don't I don't know how that would have worked out as well because when the when the movie came out and it wasn't such a huge hit, um maybe they would have buried the second part or something. I don't know. And especially if they did like, okay, why don't you shoot the first part and then we'll see, then it would have been even worse because then you'll just be stuck with like half a movie. Right. So those are the risks that I'm sure like everybody kind of uh took from that. But yeah, the, the uh in an ideal world I totally agree with you, Ryan, that you know, it would have worked better at a as a miniseries the way it is. Um but that just wasn't gonna happen.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I, I don't know. I, I like like you guys said, it's 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 got its problems. It's probably to the best of Zack Snyder's ability. He's Pseudo adapting my other favorite graphic novel that came around the same time in The Dark Knight Returns in yeah. Batman vs Superman, loosely, very loosely. Yeah, but right, right. Um, you know, I-, I root for that movie. I hope all the best. I want to come out of it and say that it's awesome. I have my doubts, but <laughs> yeah. you
0: know. And, but, and, I- but by the way, the, the uh, Warner Brothers animated version of Dark Knight Returns is pretty fucking great. I imagine so. If you I've seen that that it's, graphic
2: uh, novel's great. So if they did anything remotely close it's, to it, it's, it's fairly gonna,
0: like. Not, I wouldn't say panel by panel, but it's like it's really close to the original. I will definitely check it out, and also the home video cut for Batman
2: Superman will be three hours long. Yay! Uh, half, half hour longer, <laughs> and will be R rated. So, oh, you know, more like you know, with hair. The R rated. <laughs> hey, well, I mean, he does lose his hair eventually, or <laughs> you know, so but. You know, I wish that movie all the best. Uh, you know, I'm rooting for it but we'll see. Just you know, based based on my skepticism <laughs> with Watchmen and you know, there are good parts of Man of Steel until that last hour kicks in and
1: yeah. uh, I'm actually, I'm movie, a big fan I know of one the... movie that was R rated when it was released theatrically and, and... Certainly did didn't need the R rated treatment when it was released, and it, it's our it's our underrated yeah. pick. I feel like we're forgetting I, about. Yeah, we we're we're Thank digging into Watchmen and forgetting
0: speak. about uh, Ryan's underrated pick, which is the 2012 um, adaptation of Judge Dread, just simply called Dread. And um, well, well, Ryan, why did you uh, pick this as your underrated? I think this one speaks for itself. Uh, This movie, (laughs) all right. Thank you for listening to Over Under.
2: That's great. No, no, no. This movie, you know, I I don't like to always, you know, I really don't like to take box office account into consideration necessarily. But this movie was a huge bomb when it came out. Like, I think it made sixteen million on a on a fifty million budget. So this movie was like almost a third the budget that Watchmen was. um, Which don't get me wrong, Watchmen's visually stunning, but Dread. For, for its budget, you know, completely looks it looks great. It immerses it's fully realized. It's a world that's
1: fully it's realized.
2: Every
0: single cent you can see on the screen that they spend. exactly. And I and I do think,
2: you know, I just one more quick on the box office. I do think you know, the Judge Dredd comic is, you know, it's, it's a really good comic, but I think, you know, because it's a it's a more British comic and it's more a niche one, American audiences, just general movie-going audiences, don't, I think some of them don't even know this is based off a comic book. Even though comic books are popular, I don't think they know that. And their biggest frame of reference for this character this is, is the Stallone S- movie, which is terrible and is known as a terrible movie. Because that movie was a... a look! Yeah, I'm the law. Yeah, that movie was a huge flop when it came out. And so, like, people just remember that. But this movie, this movie is incredibly streamlined. It gets right to the point. It's 96 minutes long. There's no fat on this movie Mm -hmm. whatsoever. It gets right into it. It's, and I think, you know, Octay said this, like, when we first, you know, started hanging out, said it best. This was the. Real RoboCop remake. This was yes. more of a RoboCop remake than the actual RoboCop remake was because it's hard R. It's very like I don't want to say tongue in cheek necessarily, that's but satirical it, touches here and it's very satirical. And that's where it's like you know where a movie like Deadpool for example, which shockingly I I enjoy like for the most part. Like I had my issues with it, but it was like it was a fun movie. But that movie is constantly winking at you and com- mm-hmm. nudging you and, like, reminding you that this is, like, a comic book movie. And this and is the- more straightforward. Of- it's very straightforward. It incorporates its humor incredibly well. I also think it kind of... I don't think it directly references... I mean, it doesn't directly reference Watchmen. I'm sure it's just a trope that they were mocking. But it kind of takes the piss out of Watchmen just a little bit if you think about it. Because the the big... Like one of the plot devices in this movie is a is a drug called oh, yeah. called slow mo. And so it's an excuse excuse to, you know, when the people take the drug, they're experiencing things at, like, one-tenth the normal speed that they normally would. And so it sets up some really incredible sequences, but it's also, like, especially there's a shootout where all these people are high on this drug, and it shows, kind of glorifies the violence just a tad. Uh, Just a (laughs) tad. Just a tad. but so it was, it's cutting back yeah it's so good and it's cutting back and forth to
0: what we're actually seeing but it's it gives the filmmakers uh, a practical reason to use slow-mo which is which i right. thought was brilliant
2: it's like they, they they work that in the story without like i mean they call attention to it but like w- winkingly but not you know in the fourth wall breaking way and i think that's i think well, that's
0: well pr- they, they get to have their cake and eat it too they get to it's, kind of lampoon that style by practically using a story device like that where you take a drug and everything's in slow motion. But at the same time they get to like, exploit how cool it looks as well right and, like, and to me it's
2: like you mentioned too that's and that's all cool and you and you mentioned Watchmen being referential of other movies and I think Dread is the same exact way I think that this movie you know it definitely has a you know a John Carpenter influence I'd say mm-hmm. oh, salt on yeah. 13 and Escape from New York definitely being the huge influences and, and when the score is not on complete bombast like in some of the smaller moments like it does have a very synthy you know Carpenter type score and so there's there's definitely an influence there um those slow-mo sequences uh, as we mentioned the cinematography in this movie is from anthony dodd mantel yeah for slumdog millionaire who we you know an episode we a movie we talked about on a previous episode (laughs) it this movie is gorgeous it's it's written by alex garland who which i was
0: thinking maybe that'll bring back some attention after the success of ex machina Exactly.
2: And this movie did really, we should say it did really well on home video. Like, the people who discovered Mm -hmm. this movie and and liked it Really, really liked it, and so like, I'm hoping that more people do discover it because of that. And apparently, uh, the, the 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 actual director of this movie is Pete Travis, who did that movie uh, Vantage Point, which is not very good. No. I, but that's the only thing I I think he did something else. But like that's the one movie I remember of his that I saw. And apparently, you know, because Alex Garland was also a producer, I believe, and he was like very much the the shepherd in getting this movie made. Mm-hmm. The actors would go to Garland for advice and not. Pete Travis, like they would right. give him for direction. Yeah,
0: he was kind of like the showrunner on a on a TV show. Like I, that's what I heard. That uh, he was kind of like the uh, the you know because he was he was a huge like Judge Dredd fan. He wrote like three four separate screenplays, and I'm not talking about like drafts. I'm talking about like completely separate stories uh, based on like other editions uh, and uh, other issues of like Judge Dredd issues. That was the word that I was fucking looking for when i was talking about Watchmen issues Ah. (laughs) Uh, anyway so uh so yeah i mean he was like the expert on the so it it wasn't i guess as far as i know from my research that he wasn't um, like the typical screenwriter on a studio film where just like they just buy the script and they're just like ah, right you know just wait till the movie comes out just go do your thing kind of You know, like he was like really actively involved, which you can see because you can see a lot of like thematic and, uh, yes, stylistic stylistic connections to like ex machina here as well.
2: Mm -hmm. Or also, I want to go 28 days later and sunshine as well, like sort of kineticism of them. But anyway, go ahead, Eric. I'm sorry.
1: Oh, I was, yeah, I was going to say that's, that's where I think, I think that's the. The like the best card that this movie has like in its deck is like Alex Garland being the one that really this was his vision from what he said in interviews and from what all re- yeah like what you can find online is like this, this might even be a sort of scenario I've read or heard of like poltergeist is sometimes attributed to Steven Spielberg yeah, yeah,
0: like that kind of thing
1: it was like this, you know, one or the other they were both working on, it, but Garland was really seen as the guy with the vision of this movie. And mm-hmm. I think that shows because what he nails is what makes this movie feel so fresh. It's so simple and stripped down. And the best one of the best things about it is that it's not an origin story. It's just a chapter of Judge Dredd. It's like exactly it's just one it's one adventure. I'm not as you know, crazy wait, as wait, it, it, it feels to her, like go, it
0: feels like it's like the third sequel to an already established series or something.
1: <laughs> Right. And that's to its benefit because, like, we don't need to waste time. Like, even if we don't know who Dredd is, like, that's the impressive thing, even more is that, yeah, this isn't as familiar a comic book character, especially to people in the States. But, they didn't care. They just told the best movie is like just throw it in there. You can figure it out, especially based on other movies you've seen, like RoboCop, which is very familiar in a very positive way. It reminds me of the original RoboCop, and and and, and uh, just I like Garland's simplicity in that way. Like he strips things down. He's very like utilitarian as a writer and like his themes. But that actually fits with Dread as a character. Like I really liked this time watching beyond just enjoying this movie. It's a great ride. It's a great action movie. It's a a great violent movie. If you like those, <laughs> it's really violent. Oh is man, that? <laughs> it was so violent! But you know what? I really appreciated. Like on a weird, like I don't know, f- not weird, but like philosophical. I started thinking about Dread as like an existential like character, and he's very utilitarian. Like everything he he would Dread. I find him fascinating as a character, even though this movie doesn't give you a lot. But he's he's fascinating to me because of his utilitarianism. Like he would never like Rorschach. be. Yeah, it's yes, funny, exactly. I wrote that in he, my He's, he's, he's
2: Rorschach, if, and, you know, if Rorschach it. got back, if Rorschach got back and spread the word of what happened at the end of the movie, and the world, like, this is almost Just what to the world... chaos. And, and this is that <laughs> chaos. And, like, Rorschach, because, like, he, they even have the voiceover narration of, like, that's, like, the hey. sort of morals that he's holding on to. Thank you. Yeah. You
0: fucking hit it. That's what I wrote well, that. that the, down. the whole thing yeah. about, like, Rorschach saying, uh, no compromise, you stick with the rules, and I, e- even, even when they're in deep shit, and and uh, the, uh, the rookie is just like, you know, what if we just like drop this uh, criminal that we apprehended and just leave? And right. he's just like nope. <laughs> yeah. And even I'm, if he
2: thinks the rules are fucked, he's still like these are the rules. I am the law. Like that's that's basically yeah.
0: even when he's betrayed
1: by his own fellow like you know judges. Like yeah, he always sticks to his thing. He does have that like that thing that uh, Rorschach represents. That sort of conservative like never you know never give in sort of he they represent a similar like like political social thing. But even more so with uh, the utilitarianism, I wanted to get into is the idea that like something like ra- being a racist. Would never to me occur occur to this version of dread or being a misogynist, you know. For instance, he's given a young uh, trainee uh, played by Olivia Thirlby because she's got this psychic ability. He's given her right now. He he is he isn't a fan of her at first only because he thinks like a lot of tough guy action heroes that she'll slow him down. I don't need a partner, right? But, but it, it he doesn't comes, mention like
0: that you're a woman, you're going to be slow. Exactly.
1: Or, or, it's because yeah. it's not about that, right? That's what I'm saying. Those concepts don't exist to a Guy like Dredd, and that's what makes him actually a somewhat very simple but very deep and thematically interesting character to me is that he he doesn't those concepts don't exist to him so once the Olivia Thurlby character proves himself he's like you're a badass and you're with me let's do this let's get you know essentially I'm you know I'm paraphrasing paraphrasing the movie but that's how he goes about it it's like once you you've come to help me out or you've proven yourself you're great doesn't matter if you're you know a woman or anything it's like I like that dread as a character especially in this movie and I think this is a garland thematic something you can connect in all of his work his novels his scripts everything is's yeah, the, this the, comic, idea
0: the comic of, book I, as far as I know Remembers a little bit more over the top. Okay, yeah, and I'm uh, not so surprised. It it down a little bit,
1: right? Yeah, and the
2: character is th- a pretty like you know, and and you make mention that they do a great job of giving him some depth, like with context clues, because like Judge Red's a cool character, like kind of the way that The Punisher is a cool character, but he's kind of a flat character. Like I mean, right. ultimately, he's got one. Not maybe not as flat as the Punisher, but you know he's like he's like I'm here to uphold the law like that, and that's about as deep as the comic goes. And it just yeah, and it goes into over the top, which you can imagine if you can imagine because the movie has some pretty over the top sequences as well.
0: Right, right. Like it, it, it doesn't get cartoonish. It doesn't. No, it's still, it still it doesn't still, indulge it in a self referential Deadpool way. Like it's it's the well, violence is real. It has heft to it. Right, right,
1: exactly. And yet, yeah, he does get to have that. That's where it goes back to, you guys are right, it's like he does get the the, the people making this movie got to have their cake and eat it too because they glorify and, and really amp up and make look cool the violence. Like when a guy gets tossed over the, like, 150th floor of a building in slow-mo as he's getting injected with this drug and it's all his POV like it's the kind of thing where man I really messed up by not seeing this movie in theaters in 3D because I heard and I can imagine as anybody who watches it that this must have been a great 3D movie and... unfortunately I, I did see it in the theater but I didn't okay. see Me it in too. 3D. I saw oh. the 3D yeah, a co-host on the gesture tracking saw it, and I think he saw it multiple times in 3D because he just knew he's like, uh, nobody. This will be gone so quick. I have to experience it again. No, uh, so
2: and, and I wish I would have. And and it's funny. I was in Seattle when it was like when I didn't live in Seattle at the time. Um, and I was downtown with some friends there, and it was playing at the Cinerama, and I was like, I should have gone. I so should have gone and seen that in Cinerama. That would have been incredible to see. But the the where I went to college, we you know we played it at the theater I was working at, but um, it wasn't. We didn't have 3D. We didn't have 3D, so it's okay. like that was not an option. But I'm still glad I saw it in the biggest screen possible. Well, well
0: mine mine was like one of those uh, you know pleasant surprises that you go into a movie that you're pretty sure you're going to hate. Uh, I just, you know, I, I went into it because I had to review it for, um, <clears throat> one of the websites that I write for, com. And, um, yeah, it was just like a September release and I, like, pretty much any movie that you could think of, this is definitely the exception, that's like, you know, you know that, like, intellectual property name, uh, whatever they bought, plus 3D. It's like texas chainsaw 3d blah 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 3d and this was just like dread 3d and it's a september release and it totally looks like that kind of mid-budget shitty luke besson type like uh safe action crap and yeah just like i just went into it i was just like ah fuck, i have to review this or whatever maybe it'll be like fun in a like surface level way and yeah i was just like totally blown away and then later on when i found out that especially the slow-mo sequences where people take the drug like apparently like the 3d on that is like amazing um right and they shoot it at like a thousand
2: frames a second or something
0: yeah and then it's here's a little interesting bit of trivia that like that 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 ethereal music that you hear whenever it cuts the slow like people experiencing the drug it's Mm -hmm. like the justin bieber song baby like slowed down like a hundred times or something like that (laughs) Oh did God. you guys that's, know about that? That's, no, that's hilarious. No, incredible. Yeah, yeah that's some, awesome. someone on the internet did that, like kind of an experiment, and it became like a viral hit because it sounds so bizarre. And then uh, the, uh, the people who made Dread, I guess you know, during post, they just like put that in there. So weird,
2: rad. No, I'm with you. Like, I saw it with a friend who, like, you know, I love action movies, but I went with a friend who's, like, a huge action movie junkie, and uh, we're sitting there, and I was, like, you know, I was impressed by the opening car chase. I was like, oh, this, you know, this is well done, but I don't know how I feel, and then, you know, then that shootout ends and then it's like bodies are being cleaned up by this like giant samboni and it's like (laughs) the food court will reopen in 30 minutes and I was like this
0: uh, okay I'm in I'm in you got me like I I, I I I love those little I love those little Verhoeven style like satirical touches but yes. he doesn't overdo it like uh, no. that's what I love about it It's just peppered around here and there, and isn't there like like there's like a homeless guy who just like will debase himself for money or something that's like written on his little <laughs> card and right. and, and the way that guy dies is like. like a yeah it doesn't end well for that yeah that was fucking funny Uh,
2: but then and and also like the line is actually spoken uh dread does say at one point you have 20 seconds to comply just (laughs) straight from ed 209 from robocop so it's like you know it's very obvious that the influence is there even the fact that you know judge dread never takes his helmet off and and yes sylvester stallone he never takes his helmet off (laughs) i don't want to sound like a fan person but that's you know he doesn't take his helmet off and he doesn't in this movie but he looks Kind of like RoboCop, like he's got that square jaw. His face is covered completely, and yeah. you know it's a very referential movie. But it's just, it's, it's just a, it's a fucking blast. And and a, and compared to Watchmen, you know, Watchmen being 161 minutes, this movie is yeah. 90 minutes long and it, it it's just it just goes by and and yeah. it's it's just an awesome action movie that i think people were ready to write off and and i know because i was too and octav said he was too and we're just so surprised by it and so that's that's basically what where i come from in the movie is just I- just find this movie if you can
1: Definitely, because even though we can't see it in 3D at least anymore, you know, as far as I know, maybe there are 3D Blu-rays. Yeah, no. the Blu-ray. Oh has, God, that'd be worth trying, man. I would want to see that. The but. Blu-ray
2: that I have is uh, it has both versions on it. Like it's one, and it's probably the cheapest 3D Blu-ray
0: you can buy. <laughs> <I see. laughs> it, yeah, the, have- it has it on the same disc as the 3D and the 2D version, so it's like okay, it's like the only version that you can buy, as far as I know for, like, a yeah, yeah, regular price. Stuff. So it doesn't have that extra $10 or whatever that usually um, the extra special 3D Blu-ray uh, releases have. Right, it was nine ninety yeah. nine at Best Buy when I was... Yeah, it's definitely, like, I, like, I love that, that mix of, um, you know, satire and straight hardcore action. I love that, like, Garland has this, like, really kind of delicate way that he approaches story development and character arcs that... Um, you know, the story is basically like a straightforward, you know, you could look at it as like, oh, they just go in, they kill like a hundred bad guys, they go out and there's no like real story development or character arc, but it's like there's just enough character art and and character development to just get you going through this like very straightforward action film. It's like, you know, it's not like you don't you never expect dread to change into a completely different character by the end of the story but at least there's this, you know, I, I like, I appreciate the the touch of, uh, you know, he kind of starts off the story with, like, you know, hearing the rookie, the girl, saying, you know, I want to make a difference, I want to make a real difference, and he's just, like, he's kind of, like, so hardened at that point, he's just like, yeah, right, you're going to die before you even, like, do anything, he kind of has that attitude, and then, like, gradually, it just, it just kind of turns into, like, yeah, maybe, like, in this, even in this shitty situation, maybe you can make... A little bit of a difference, and he only has like peppers in a couple of lines here and there to get that point across and you know I, I yeah. really like that like I, I I at least appreciate the attempt at building some kind of character and story in a in an action movie that 's as straightforward or as like video game like as this, and that 's part of the reason like um you know like I, I sometimes tell you guys it 's like I love it when you do your do my job for me because like this was like on my <laughs> list of underrated films as well. And uh, I was actually going to pair it with uh, The Raid as overrated, because both films came out the same year, they have the same kind of, like, exact same structure of, like, cops going in, going, like, floor by floor in this, like, high-rise or whatever, and getting to, like, it's like a video game setup basically. Mm -hmm. And I think the, the main reason why Dread works is because of those attempts at character development and the main reason why I think The Raid works really well as like a martial arts demo, but it doesn't work for me as a as, right. a, as, as a, a standalone movie. film.
2: And it's understandable because the character stuff is really good in this movie, and I think we should highlight that, because I think that even though the movie is pretty much balls-to-the-wall action from the beginning to end, there's some really good stuff. As you said, I, I really like Olivia Thurlby as an actress like I really love uh, you know Snow Angels was the first thing that I saw her in and I was nice. you know, yeah it was yeah it's a bummer of a movie but it's still a really <laughs> good movie and she's really good in it and uh, you know it's, it's nice to see that she has this arc she wants to make a difference but then ultimately realize this may not be the way to use her powers and make a difference because she has trouble having to pull the trigger on people she's like even though these people are terrible and I have the right to make a judgment call I don't want to make that Decision, and, and like it was like it I don't becomes, to do yeah.
0: that. and it yeah. becomes more complicated once she finds out that this woman who helped them was uh, her husband was the guy that he had she had to execute. So, right. uh, but but it doesn't dwell on that stuff. It's a very straightforward, like just bang 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 action movie. You mm-hmm. know, one big set piece after another. But there's just like those little moments that are at least attempts at like giving the story and giving the characters like a little bit of depth without like overstaying its welcome like it's, it's one of the most uh fast-paced like action movies of the last couple of years you can't even like you start watching it and from frame like the first second to the last it's just like you don't know where it's you know it just like passes by you it's really like it's,
1: it's really exactly. tightly constructed yeah, yeah it's
0: like that and
1: and and the simplicity of it and how well done the characters are even done even in a simplistic way as we've pointed out like it's, it's impressive, and these are becoming my favorite kind of modern-day action movies. And, Octa, I know you said The Raid you find overrated. I adored that movie. It was in my top ten that year. And uh, I think that's another great example of simple can be better, simple, leaner, better. I mean, just look at the sequel to Raid. I mean, it's a much more bloated, bigger, grand. Mm-hmm. I like The Raid 2 better than I the first one. Oh, Me man. See, i,
2: I <laughs>
0: well, at, least, at least they attempted the story there. <laughs> that's it's true. true. But it's like
2: it's, it's an advancement, and I'm I, sorry, I don't want to show out Over you necessarily, but it, like you know, it's it's you know Octane mentioned it's a video game. It's like it's an advancement of merging the two, like video games and cinema, as these two forms are. Like if the raid is the sort of like side scroller, you got to get from one level to the other, in each level in the building, the raid two is essentially Grand Theft Auto. Like it's it's a sandbox gameplay, yeah. you know, open world. People are using pots and pans and baseball bats and other things to beat the shit out of each other in, like, really fine. gruesome ways. And so, like, I don't know. I feel like that was the next evolutionary step for that movie, which might be a discussion for a completely different day. Sure, but but sure. Dread is, uh, I, I mean, Dread's that same way. Like, it, it's level to level.
1: Um, and, and another it, and another movie that comes to mind that also features uh, several, uh, like, character actor types from HBO series like dread uh uh, is john wick from a couple years ago like Mm -hmm. these simpler more stripped down movies that john wick barely gives you character development but it gives you just enough with just the right amount of like in joke kind of winking without it being right there on the screen that like Mm -hmm. this dude's dog is killed and he's gonna kill the people that did it like that's great and that's and because john wick it when it like when it's great the stuff that it focuses on is really well done i.e. the action that's mm-hmm. why that movie works and that's yeah do you remember Mickey's- the
2: first thing I said when we came out of that screening Eric I said that was that was a better Max Payne movie
0: than the actual Max <laughs> Payne movie like that's, well, well, that's Dread, Dread is a better Robocop remake than Robocop so there exactly. you go exactly well, well, that, that's, that's, that's a good jumping off point because uh, I would say to like the to our listeners that uh, if you if you loved you know John Wick and if you're a comic book fan and I would be like you yeah, know that's a perfect recipe to check out dread
2: exactly like, yeah. and don't get me wrong especially like we've talked about we've talked about deadpool you know being such a huge hit and that was kind of the the inspiration for these choices you know a movie that i was sort of like begrudgingly going to see like that like the herd like with you know with everybody else to go see it and and was surprised by it but ultimately it's like yeah but you know don't if you want something that's just as hard-armed Batty, like hard art, crazy, but takes itself a little bit more seriously. Yeah, without
0: but not all the com- wink, wink,
2: without the wink, wink, but without being completely serious, then then dreads your movie. Like yeah. it's it's yeah, absolutely yeah. your movie, and too bad this movie didn't come out after Deadpool because then maybe people would have gone and seen it. They uh, would have had know, a bigger budget,
0: probably. But then you know, my fear is that they would have wanted it to be like goofier, maybe, maybe um,
2: that, and that's what I fear is like is the uh, hey, let's let's make everything tongue in cheek. No. No, some things can be tongue in cheek, and, and also
0: um, also Carl Urban for MVP. Uh, yes, he, yeah, For man. mentioning, he he's is... kind of
2: accidentally fallen into being like a really good like geek culture actor because he's yeah. Yeah, he, he's great as Bones in the two Abrams Star Trek movies. Mm-hmm. Like he's he's an excellent successor to that role, and yeah, he's go ahead. you say what you're going to say because I'm,
0: but I agree with you completely. He's great, <laughs> Eric. Uh, what were you gonna uh, say? Oh, no, oh, I thought it was you, yeah. man. Okay. Oh, <laughs> we got the wires crossed. But, yeah, no, no, I was going to say, like, he, yeah, he's great. And I love that he, and I love that apparently he was the one who insisted that he should never take his helmet off, just like in the comic. Right. Because that was a big point of, con, you know, con, you know, people were, like, mad, like, Judge Dredd fans were mad because, of course, you hire Sylvester Stallone and he's going to have to show his face. And, mm. you know, that was that was one of the... Five million things wrong with that movie. Yeah, I was about to say that was such a minuscule problem compared <laughs> like, to everything at the else. bottom of like the glaring issues the uh, 1995 Judge Dredd has. But like, yeah, he does a great job of like taking like the dirty Harry archetype, which was the inspiration for the character in the first place, uh, but like turning it into this like uh, like making it you know just even more gravelly than Clint Eastwood, which I didn't know. That was even humanly possible, <laughs> um, but yeah, he, he does a, a great out. job,
2: man. He does great, and I also have to give a shout out to uh, Lena, Heady. Lena Heady. Cersei Lannister is yeah, she's a great villain. Like it, she just she should just be playing villains because she's pretty incredible. great. She's really great. And also she, an early, uh, Dom, Al Gleason Dom is Al in Gleason, this movie. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's right. Yeah. Dom Gleeson Gleason and Alex Garland must have, must be buddies or something. They like working. He, he likes Dom Gleeson Gleason in his movies. Actually. And it's funny. I didn't even like, I kind of didn't notice that was him. And like, I,
2: I knew subconsciously, but I, like, I kind of forgot. And I was watching it at work and my, my supervisor came in he's like, Oh, that guy's in this movie. I was like, who, which guy he's like oh that guy from the revenant and uh oh yeah I don't remember what other movie he said i was like, oh shit that is dumb on like i had yeah. no idea he looks pretty weird for he sure looks younger
0: yeah. and skinnier and like he looks and and you know of course the the like the weird kind of electronic eyes or whatever like the uh the right, kind of like right. cyborg look that he has uh it's interesting, yeah. It's it's an interesting character as well.
2: Um, it is. He's also listening to the theme song from this British sketch Snuffbox. comedy show Snuffbox. Yeah, exactly. I thought that was like, wait, what?
0: <laughs> and if you if you want to see a really fucked up weird show, watch Snuffbox. Snuffbox. Yes, <laughs> yeah, Matt exactly. Berry and Rick
2: Fulcher. It's great. Yeah, it's fantastic.
0: <laughs> but uh, Alex but
1: Garland yeah. going deep with those references and yeah, just exactly. super exactly. There you go, yeah.
0: dude. But uh, but yeah, do you guys want to kind of uh, cut it off there? I think we made I think, some yeah. Pretty I, I think. Pretty good
2: I think because. so. I think so. Like even though Dread's the movie that I absolutely want everybody to come away from this podcast to see. You know, I, I knew Watchmen was like we, we had a little bit more to discuss there, there's a lot to chew on. We're all fans of that book, but uh, but yeah, But, yeah, but Dread's a movie that's like you've probably all seen Watchmen if you're listening to this, but if you haven't seen Dread, yeah, you should see um,
0: Dredd. Watchmen is, is also not, not as bad. Big of a hit uh, as well, so maybe you know, like saying that yeah, it has problems, but like it's, I, I, I feel like it's worth it at least if it's you, worth watch. If, it's... if you check out the the graphic novel first, I mean, for me it was, uh, um, it's interesting because both Watchmen and Dread were on my underrated list for future episodes, mm-hmm. um, and uh, yeah, and I was gonna pair Watchmen with uh, 300 as overrated actually. I would agree um, with that. Yeah, <laughs>
2: so that, that movie is that I loved it when it came out but that movie does not
0: yeah, hold. Yeah. It doesn't hold up, does up at all. Like up. a year after it came out even. Yeah. Uh, pretty much like a couple months after I watched it in the theater and it was just like, yeah, and then when I put it on DVD and watched it by myself and it was just like, this is not very good. But um, <laughs> but anyway, so so that's that's pretty cool that I was kind of like uh little bit conflicted going into this because I was just like, yes, you know, Ryan picked Dread, it was on my underrated, but Watchman was also on my underrated, but I feel like we made some good points in coming together and, like, understanding the faults of the movie while kind of, like, saying, yeah, it, like, mostly, mostly works, and it's, it's at least, like, a testament to, like, taking chances with such a huge budget, like, Hollywood uh, property. Yeah, I
1: I was glad. I was glad to watch that a second time. So I would say anybody that maybe had a similar experience of not liking it or just forgetting about it the one time, it might be worth a revisit. Especially if you like these kind of movies. Yeah, I I would even say Watchmen is definitely like go the director's cut for sure. Rent that. Yeah, I would
0: definitely say so. Especially in this climate of like the Marvel Cinematic Universe and DC Cinematic Universe and superheroes anywhere, you want to see something different and a different take on these types of characters that's a little bit more like politically conscious and a a little bit more existential like it's it's great, yeah, it's pretty great to watch right now with our now, political clients. Yeah, I was about yeah. to say
2: it was it was you know almost too eerie watching it right yeah, now. Yeah, and, exactly. and that's what's there's there's a timelessness and I, I think I had mentioned that at the beginning. There's a timelessness to that book, so I guess therefore because it's a transcription of the book, there's going to be a timeliness to the movie too. So like it's go. got that going for it.
0: That's so. a, that's a great button, man. Uh, so yeah, thank <laughs> you, thank you so much, guys, for listening to this uh, episode of Over Under Movies, and hopefully uh, a lot of you are listening to the playlist and we're. Really Excited to be part of that uh, on the on this episode, and uh, yeah. yeah, signing off. Uh, this is Octavia Kozak. I'm a film critic for the Playlist, uh, the Oregon Herald, uh, DVD Talk, and Bayuspirate.com.
1: And I'm Eric McClanahan. Signing off. I'm film critic for the Playlist, and my film podcast is Gesture Tracking. I also write for Oregon Arts Watch. And signing off is Ryan Oliver. I also do another podcast that's genre oriented called Unspooled Real.
0: Yeah, and uh, you can uh, find us now on the playlist, but apart from that, you can uh, follow us on Twitter on uh, at OverUnderMovies. Uh, you can like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash over under movies. And if you search for over slash under movies on iTunes, you can subscribe to us there as well. Uh, thank you very much for, for listening and the uh, next episode is going to be, they're going to be my picks. Uh, I, we haven't really like, I haven't nailed them down yet, uh, but yeah, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll definitely get back to you on that. And uh, until the next episode, thank you so much for listening and uh, stay cool. Bye. Bye.